Have you ever wondered why so many Christian denominations add good works to salvation by grace, even though that's not what the Bible teaches? Most pastors, teachers, and TV preachers are taught denominational doctrines and traditional Christianity, even though Jesus told the religious leaders of his day that they would make the Word of God of no effect through your tradition. Mark 7.13. Jesus also said, You reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. Mark 7, verse 9. Does that sound like Jesus honored their religious tradition? No, Jesus abhorred their tradition as it nullified the Word of God. The same thing happens today in churches all across America. We have replaced biblical truth with bogus church tradition and denominational dogma. Hence, the Word of God has little to no effect. Greetings. I'm Dr. Paul Felter. Welcome to Primal Bible, where we expose church fallacies, and flawed Christian traditions with Bible truth. We let the Bible speak for itself. Now, if you appreciate this video podcast, please consider subscribing. Also, please visit my website, breadoflife.media, breadoflife.media, for additional resources, including my free PDF chart of your Bible, Rightly Divided. In this video podcast, I'll continue with our study in Romans chapter 4, where the Apostle Paul explains the divergence between works and grace using Abraham and David as examples. Verse 1 through 3. What shall we say then, that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. End quote. Since Paul is addressing the Jewish believers in Rome, every Jew was familiar with the story of Father Abraham, the patriarch of the Jewish people. If Abraham were justified by the good works he did, even in obedience to God, then he would have something to brag about, something to be proud of. But the good works of Abraham in obedience to God were simply the manifestation of his faith in God. One must believe and have faith in God before obedience. Obedience follows faith. Abraham first believed God, and his belief or faith was the reason God declared him righteous, not his obedience. Verse 4. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. When you work an eight-hour day for your employer, He's indebted to you for eight hours of pay. You earned a reward for your work. Your employer is not paying you out of the goodness of his heart, grace, but as a debt owed. Verse 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. This is an interesting verse. Paul says that someone who believes in Jesus Christ as Savior but does nothing in obedience to the Lord, his simple faith is counted and regarded for righteousness. This reminds me of Paul writing to the church in Corinth. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 through 15. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for that day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. 
If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. End quote. Many Christians are building wood, hay, and stubble with their lives. They are doing no good works for the Lord. At the judgment seat of Christ, their deeds will be consumed by fire. They will suffer loss of reward, but they will indeed be saved. They are saved by their faith, not their works. Their loss is not salvation, but eternal rewards. Verses 6-8 through eight, Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. End quote. Paul quotes King David from Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. David continues in Psalm 38, 8. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Trusting in the Lord for salvation is faith. Faith, not good works, is the channel through which God's blessings flow, not good works. Now, good works are important. They determine your heavenly reward, not your salvation, as that is based solely on faith. Verses 9 and 10. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, or upon uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it reckoned? Was he in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not circumcision, but in uncircumcision. End quote. When Abraham left Ur of the Chaldees, trusting the Lord to guide him, was he circumcised? No, he was uncircumcised. The sign of circumcision had not yet been given by God. Verse 11. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. The sign of circumcision came later to Abraham. He first believed God as an uncircumcised Gentile, so that he could be the father of uncircumcised Gentile believers and circumcised Jewish believers. Verse 12. And the father of circumcision unto them who are not the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps that our father Abraham, which he had been yet uncircumcised. Now, I know this is kind of a tongue twister, but Paul is restating that Abraham is the father of both the Jew and the Gentile believers, that the circumcision and the uncircumcision. After this chapter, you will know more about circumcision than 99.9% .9 of the planet. But it's here, and we need to understand it. Verse 13 through 15. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of no effect, because the law worketh wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. End quote. Was the promise 
of a land, a people, and a kingdom given to Abraham based upon the works of the law of Moses or by faith. The promise was given to Abraham by faith, as works incur a debt previously mentioned. The grace of God in keeping the promise made to Abraham must come by faith, as grace and works are opposite doctrines. Verse 16, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Grace can only come through faith, as grace is unmerited favor. You can't earn it, nor do you deserve it. Grace is now available to those under the law, Jews, and those not under the law, Gentiles, as Abraham is the father of us all. Verse 17, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead, and calleth those things which be not, as though they were. End quote. At the end of history, Abraham will be the father of many nations, both Jew and Gentile, as God will bless the descendants of Abraham, Jews, and the adopted sons and daughters, Gentiles. The phrase, calleth those things which be not, as though they were, is a favorite saying for the prosperity pastors and teachers and TV preachers. They love it, but misapply it, for it only applies to God. For only God raises the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Mere men have no such power. Verse 18. Who against hope believeth in hope, that he might become the father of many nations? According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. God's promise to Abraham came while Abraham was still in Ur of the Chaldees. Genesis 12, 2 and 3. And I shall make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. End quote. Abraham had faith, hope, and little else. He hung to those words that God would be true to his word and faithful to his promises. Verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. End quote. The same thing was true concerning the birth of Isaac. Abraham clung to his faith and trust in God to keep his word, and that he and Sarah were well past childbearing age. Verse 20 and 21. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform. Abraham was not doubtful or hesitant in believing God's promises. He was strong in the faith and glorified God continually, even though the promises of God seemed impossible. Abraham was confident that God could keep his promises. Verse 22. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Abraham's faith in God was the means through which God accredited righteousness to Abraham's account. Faith and faith alone. Paul here is quoting Genesis 15, 6. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Verse 23 to 25. Now it was not written for his sake alone 
that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised up again for our justification. End quote. Paul states that the passage in Genesis 15 was not written just for Abraham, but for us also. Just as righteousness was imputed to Abraham based on his faith, righteousness is imputed to us based on our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith that God raised Jesus from the dead and Jesus died for our sins. That is our gospel. Jesus died on the cross, was buried, and rose again the third day. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Now be sure to subscribe to my channel and click the notification bell for upcoming videos. I'll be doing a video on each chapter of the book of Romans. Thanks for joining me today. See you next time. God bless.